Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, Blues. This is the Toffee Web Podcast. And before we start today's episode... We at Toffee Web want to offer our sincere condolences to the family of the young man who died following that tragic incident at Bramley Moor Dock today. Uh, we don't have specific details at this time, but there appears to have been an awful accident at the construction site, which is just horrible news for all concerned. No doubt the club will be arranging its own tribute at the next home game against Wolves, but I know I speak for everyone connected with the podcast when I send our thoughts to his loved ones and friends. For this week's episode, I'm joined by Adam McCulloch, Andy Howard, and from his holiday in Eastern Europe, Paul Trail. We'll get into dissecting that performance on Saturday against Fulham, discuss the latest new signing in Jack Harrison, and look ahead to Sunday's trip to Aston Villa. Uh, Adam, it's good to have you on after the technical issues you were experiencing last week that deprived us of your company. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, thank you. Um... Yeah, back to reality, eh? Um, just another another weekend of frustration. Um, so, yeah, much like the bashing of the keyboard uh, last week when I couldn't get on the podcast due to uh, technical difficulties, we had the uh, technical difficulty of having to watch Everton yet again. So uh, <laughs> 37 more of that, please. But, yeah, other than that, all well, thank you. Good, good. Uh Andy, back with us again. How are you? How are you feeling after after Saturday? Um, I think it was actually one of the most gutted post match feelings I can remember in a while. Um, it really did. One of those when you wake up the next morning and it suddenly flashes through your mind what the score was the day before, and it really kind of stayed with me that one. Um, I think it's because it was a new season. It was a fresh thing. It was it was a, a game that we thought we could maybe get something out of, if not win. Um, and I think what makes me more gutted is the way we played, or at least the number of situations we created to score a goal. Um, it wasn't as if Fulham, like they did a few months ago, came and were the much better team. And you go away from that match think feeling, well, at that point it was scared because of the how many games we'd played and the situation. But... If they'd done that again, you'd probably go away thinking, oh, okay, 
uh, <laughs> things need to change here and change quickly and all the rest of it. But because we played so well, well, because we created so many opportunities, it's one of those where you feel like that was one of them. I mean, we, I mean, we only need about 10 wins, really. That was one of that could have been one of them and probably should have been one of them. Yeah. And everything looks a bit more rosy then all of a sudden, doesn't it? All of a sudden like you're thinking, okay, well, we can we can wait for Dom. It'll be fine. We, you know, if Dan Juma needs another couple of weeks, that's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. Three points are on the board. And then you but you're almost starting from oh, no goals, um, no clean sheets yet, no home wins yet, no points yet. Um so yeah, a bit of a contrast of emotions, really. But but I was, and I still am, encouraged by the fact that we that group of players made so many opportunities to score a goal because we can all moan and we all have and we all will about players putting it in the net. But I was a bit more concerned that we wouldn't even get to that point that it was going to be a a season of not creating much. But already we've created what the highest xG without scoring a goal in the Premier League for. I don't know how you know. I don't know what the stat is, but we're creating chances. So I'm I'm encouraged and gutted. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Paul, we weren't expecting you to drop in, but we're really, really glad that you did. Um, you feel the same way? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I guess um, it's hard to be. Too, I think from my end, anyway, it's hard to be too sort of critical when it's um, when you when you create that many opportunities, really. And you've stripped the other team to so little opportunities. You know, what I mean, they, 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 everyone I've spoken to, and even like makes you, you know, support Liverpool and Tramia or whoever else, have all been in touch. How, how on earth do you lose that game? How on earth did you not win that game? You know, what I mean, so it's, it really was one of those sort of, you know, yeah, it's, it's frustrating to have, to have no points on the board after that. But what can you do? I don't know. It's it's just unfortunate. I mean, we've. Yeah, let's not get too. I'd say let's not get too carried away. Let's not get too critical. At Mope, let's not. Um, yeah, let's not go too bad. I remember plenty of times when they'll say David Moyes. Remember, remember we lost one nil to QPR in the first game into the David Moyes. We were looking rubbish. You know what I mean? Like and you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, you know, plenty of games in the past which have started badly, and you know, seasons in the past which have started badly, and you kick on and get better. And um, I, I doubt. I can't remember playing, creating that many opportunities in the first game of the season. And we've got quite a good record for, for an opening game of the season, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just one of them games. I mean, it, it, it's frustrating. I think Villa, Villa getting hammered by Newcastle doesn't help us somehow. You feel that them at home are going to be a bit of a, <laughs> yeah. if we wounded animal next week. That's not going to be a good time to play them. So it might be worse before it gets better. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I just, uh, just try and keep the faith. We're, uh, with, 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 the, with the lads there, but you know, he, he couldn't have done really much more than that, other than obviously put the ball in there. And well, he did put the ball in that, didn't he? But <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely had his own interpretation of that. That's another, um, a, 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 another annoyance. But uh, yeah, I was I was hugely encouraged in the first half, at least. I think obviously the second half, we kind of lapsed into that. You know, it's that old familiar goodness and feeling, isn't it? The other team starts coming into it, and then you kind of feel that it's eventually going to slip away if we don't take our chance. And and that's obviously the way that it ended up. Um, but yeah, that that first half, I was I was hugely encouraged. And at that point, you do feel, you do think, you know, we're going to win this. We're going to win it. We just have to just have to put the ball away. 
while there's the sort of the striker situation remains unresolved, I mean, we're all kind of operating on this assumption, <laughs> probably naively, that uh, Everton are going to get someone in through the door before the transfer window. Obviously, we felt the same way last season and, and we're ultimately frustrated and disappointed. Um, you know, that as we said on the, on the last podcast, that the, the, the noises around Calvert-Lewin are positive, but we can't obviously can't set any any stall or, or any, you know, complete faith in, in him recovering his full fitness. But I mean, obviously, if he does, then, you know, the, the, the team that we saw, particularly in that first half uh, on Saturday, is one that can actually do very well this season, I feel, with a proper goal score up there. Um, with the amount of chances that we're creating. Because, I mean, we look like a decent side, you know, for a lot of that game. But, yeah, the strike situation is obviously what it is. Neil Mope has inevitably featured heavily in the post-match discussions. But he obviously wasn't the only culprit um, on the day. Where, well, I'm, you, I'm sure I'm sure Sean Deitch is wondering how, how, how we didn't score. Um, but I think, as, as we've acknowledged on the podcast before, it's always difficult focusing too much on one player and sort of ragging on one player. But, you know, Wope is in the unfortunate position of, of having been signed to play a role, which I don't think many of us feel he's suited. I think it would have been best that had that move to Salonatana and gone through in January would have been best for all parties. Um, I don't think many many of us were expecting him to be leading the line on the opening day of, of you know, of the new season. Um, but as the search for a more suitable centre forward goes on, and this uncertainty around Calvert Lewin's fitness goes on, um, you know, I just, I know, it's just frustrating. Uh, Andy, what were, you, what were your thoughts on the decision to start Mope? Did did Deitch have much option? I mean, can you see a future for him at Everton? Could things just click for him in the way that Deitch keeps saying it must if he keeps getting into these positions? No, I can't see that at all. Um, it just feels like this one is not meant to to work um uh, effectively he's probably got oh, he's certainly had the opening day he may get another one he might even get a third and if he was going to take an opportunity to stay in the team or to stay in the squad you'd think he would have done it by now um yes there's all the stuff about um him his general game not suiting the way we're set up which is absolutely fine um he does miss chances (laughs) um and whichever system you're playing in whatever type of striker you are he misses chances um and you know there's obviously no room whatsoever for some of the stuff we've seen this week um like to say that um but i think if it was going to work out for him at everton it, it, it would have by now and um but having said that, it, the simple facts of the matter are, if 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 they have stuck to a strict routine and regime with Calvert-Lewin and they see the only way of him being fit long-term of, is sticking to that, well, then you can't play him. If Arnott Danjuma is not fit to play and you then risk maybe injury to him if he does play, then you can't play him. So... Who else is there? I mean, you could play Tom Cannon, but at, at this point, that would be a little bit random because he hasn't played any football at all. So yeah. it had to be Mopai. It, it had to be. I, I don't know who else. I mean, Damari Gray hasn't played any football at all, so you can't put him there. Um, I, I can't think of anybody else that would, that could have, could have played. So it kind of had to be Mopai. Um, and unfortunately for him, he's had one or two 
very good chances to make us all go, oh, maybe he might be all right. He might be okay. He's a, he's a valuable player to have around. And once again, he's kind of missed his chance, I feel. Um, it's a shame about the one in the first minute because the one in the first minute that flashes by the post that from a tight angle, I mean, if that goes in, I know it didn't, but if that goes in, all of a sudden we're going, hey, hello. You know, that was a striker's finish. That was that was confidence. That was 1-0 up after a minute of a new season. That could have been a completely different story. But football stories are written like this, aren't they? That it either goes in or it doesn't. And, you know, with him, it just doesn't. It's been a pretty tragic story from that first derby game, hasn't it, really? Where if if he scores in that game, we're probably looking at you know, a different a butterfly effect. And instead... I feel like a, a butterfly probably would have been more potent in front of goal on Saturday. It was, it was, it, it, it was really, it, it, it felt awful, didn't it? And I got to the stage of it where it's, it's a little bit like if you're really annoyed at a large company and you end up arguing with the receptionist. We're, we're angry at the board because we've been told yet again that it's been a difficult window, and in the past it was there was a World Cup and there was COVID. And I don't know that the, the conditions weren't right. And this year, we're yet again facing the same situation. Um, I, I feel for him because I guess by the definition of you are getting yourself in the right positions, he he did that. And I think it's it's a different side, as you all kind of alluded to. Um, the start of last season under Lampard, where we were facing this big, Dominic-shaped hole in the side, but we weren't really creating any chances. We weren't thinking, oh, well, he would have buried that one because we looked so passive, whereas on Saturday we were creating so many opportunities. But again, the glaring omission was right there in front of everyone's eyes. 40,000 eyes and everyone else watching elsewhere are all saying the same thing. We need a senior striker there who can put the ball in the back of the net. And sadly, Mope, every time, is is just... It's just not. It's not. It's not working for him, and I, I think it's it's getting towards a stage where even if he is, as you mentioned, Andy, the kind of the only really viable candidate to play on Saturday, at what point is it kind of fair to keep him in the firing line because he's not firing, is he? It's just not working, um, and you feel that maybe the only way to rehabilitate his career, which I, I think I said a few weeks ago when we were talking about shipping players out, can his stock go any lower well having the, the club having to come out and kind of defend him from abuse which sounds as though it, it didn't all originate from Evertonians but regardless of where it comes from points to a player who is really under the cosh is it really helping him playing him aside for his career for our hopes I'd, I'd probably say at this moment no so having someone else through the door or and <laughs> It's just the same old line over and over. A, a fit and firing Dominic Calvert-Lewin in that side, it, it it can't come soon enough for him and for the club. And and I think, yeah, a, a, a fit striker in that system on Saturday, and we, we win 3-1. We turn the tables from the game, what, 100-plus days previous. Um, but instead, a very familiar tale of missed opportunities and... Yeah, a bit of a sad case for Neil, who, yeah, on a personal level, I feel sorry for. But yeah, I think I think he he needs some time, either in the reserves or League Cup games to come, or some some kind of way to 
reinvigorate his uh, his scoring touch, which yeah is lacking. I'm afraid. I read a um, tweet from a, a Brighton fan somewhere saying one thing that just always infuriated with Neil Mope was his ongoing ability to hit the ball straight at the goalkeeper <laughs> nearly, nearly <laughs> every time, and that's uh, feels so familiar, doesn't it? It's um, I feel really sorry for Neil Mope. I, and actually, I'm impressed that because the the pressure must be it must be really really I can't even imagine how tough it must be if you're if you're a striker who's not scoring any goals and everyone every time you play everyone's like oh no he's playing or like he's just uh, yeah you're obviously aware of it and uh, it, you've seen some of the public stick he's he's got you know every time he puts his shirt on people are anxious and I think he always he always tries he doesn't hide is what 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 impresses me for Neil Mope that he does keep on going just keep getting their positions and I'd I'd, I'd, really, I'd really like to, you know you you're right but Andy and that like uh, both of you and that like it's um you know, it's not going to work on at Everton particularly the strikers we've we've got on a on a longer term basis even this season uh, with Dan Juma there as well um but yeah I, I just like to even on, on on the shorter term I just like it to work and was it I see a, I see a good lad there who, who's trying his best who probably deserves a little bit better from a personal level. And yeah, and obviously if if he does a score, well, obviously one if he starts scoring goals, it helps the team. And then secondly, it helps him get that move because I'm sure he, he I'm sure he'd probably rather be out of here as well and 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 move on and get a new career elsewhere. So I do feel sorry for him. And I felt he had a pretty good game actually on uh, on Saturday. I don't think he, was, he wasn't the most clever miss, but I thought that was the poor age was the most clever miss of the lot on the day. Um, but um, I thought his, his holder play was very good, actually. I thought uh, a lot of the time he, he brought others into the game quite well. And another day it goes in, but it's just a familiar tale, isn't it, unfortunately, with, uh, with Neil. And so it's just a bit, a bit sad that it doesn't work out for him. And uh, you hope it does, but you know deep down it won't. And that's, and that's, the, that's kind of the sad thing with it. But uh, yeah, just hope he can sort of you know find a way to move on. And you know, whether that's scoring a couple against Doncaster Rovers in a week or so's time or whatever. Maybe just get that chance to sort of, uh, even on a loan move or whatever it is, to, you know, to, you know, to move on. I think as a fella, he deserves better. He seems quite, seems quite a good lad to me. And it's his birthday today, so if you're listening, oh, is happy, it? Happy birthday, <laughs> Neil. Um. We love you, Neil. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he's he's visibly short on confidence and you can see that in the way that he dropped back a couple of times rather than sort of, you know, and, and took the safe option rather than sort of turning towards goal and trying to make something happen. But I mean, what I will say in this, you know, this kind of goes back to the whole recruitment failure thing, you know, that goes back two years is this in just the reality of the situation is if you have a dominant, reliable sense of forward up there, more often than not, I think Decore defers in that situation to, you know the number nine in quotes in that that early chance. I think was in the fifth minute, and and you know, and we probably score, and and you know, from there on, we probably win it. I mean, a fit Calvert Lewin probably maybe scores one of those one on one chances against Burnt Leno, but I know I think that we also have to acknowledge that the keeper did well in both instances, uh, made himself big, and and, and closed down the opportunities. Um, <laughs> I think, as we've said, he was not so impressive coming to claim the ball um, over James Tarkovsky's head. Was was he and Stuart Atwell's dreadful decision to not only blow for a non-existent foul, but also to do so so quickly that there was no opportunity for VAR to, have, to even have a say 
in in the incident. I mean, that was infuriating. I mean, we always have to shrug, shrug our shoulders at this point as Evertonians at, at some of these decisions that go against us. But um, I think as the as the match demonstrated as a whole, things are so often determined by the by the fine margins. I mean, if we score there. Michael Keane's goal counts. You know, again, I'm confident that we that we we come away with something and and probably win it. Well, then the Michael Keane narrative becomes slightly different as well, doesn't it? I mean, you know, the, mm. all of these things have knock on effects, and I, I I thought it was a goal. I mean, I I don't know. I was a bit I, a little bit like Sean Dyson's reaction to it, really, in that I'm not quite sure what else you can do at that point with your body apart from disappear. Um, to get out of the way. I mean, you've gone up for a ball that was there to go for. You're standing on the floor, and the goalkeeper kind of just falls over you and drops it. I don't, and I, I and yeah, I, I can only really reiterate what Sean Dyche said in that I thought that was what was what VAR was for. In in that they can have a good look at it. Okay, if you, loads of bodies going on there, there might be something quite clear. Let's have a little look at it. And oh yeah, well he's dropped it. Um, I would imagine that would be quite a simple thing to do. That's what was frustrating about that. Yeah. If he blows the whistle, though, he can't. And that's the problem. As soon as the whistle blows and before Keane puts it in, then there's no opportunity to review it. And that's the infuriating part of it for me. It's it's very frustrating. And especially there have been a few times this week I've noticed um, people sharing footage from France where the referees are sometimes mic'd up and you'll see the decisions being made between VAR and you can just... Imagine the case on Saturday where the ref's mic'd and he's going, please don't score. Please don't score. Oh, they're going to score. I best blow. Because it, it just, it, I don't understand why at that moment, that's where they decided to jump the gun and not let the play continue, which seemed to be the, the way that VAR was kind of leading the game. But these sort of hair's breadth decisions, whether it's an offside or a, a potentially contentious one, but the play would continue so that you could, get a, a better picture and use the technology afterwards. But instead, yeah, in that case, the inevitable happens. And uh, yeah, really unfortunate. And again, we don't know how the game would have panned out as a result. But No, I was, I was really disappointed in that. From, at, at the time of the game, I mean, you saw from um, from the reactions of uh, Michael Keane and Tarkovsky particularly, they were, they were like flummoxed as to, as, as to why it was disallowed. And um, yeah. yeah, obviously at the game, you're not too sure at the moment. Obviously, you don't get the hindsight of seeing a replay or anything like that. What's happened there? But um, what struck me is how quickly the game was restarted again. And like, oh, what did I even go to VAR? It was a bit confusing at the time. Um, and it reminded me a little bit of the um, season before last when Stuart Atwell was definitely at Anfield when uh, Anthony Gordon got completely taken out by Matip. And. Uh, uh, um, Alison just uh, very, very quick took a goal kick, and that was kind of the end of the match because oh, the place we started, we all might have checked it, but it was just so, so keen to sort of get on with it so quick, and it was just felt like I don't know, same referee, same, same problem there, and it was I thought it was a really, really poor decision to give a free kick. I don't, I, I don't think anyone watching that thinks that was a that was a foul. It was I haven't seen the other angles of it since. People saying well, if not, well, if it wasn't um, a foul. Keen was offside. I don't know. I haven't seen that, but that was, but that we were denied the chance for that to even be looked at before. Was it was 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 the terrible thing because it's, you shouldn't be blowing there. Um, I don't surely that surely the directive these days, particularly, is just like you, you know, unless it's a real clear foul, you cannot be blowing like that. And um, yeah, it's really, 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 really 
infuriated by that, really, really disappointed. I mean, we should have won the game without that, but that was really, yeah, really infuriating. Yeah, no more to say, but um, just hugely disappointed as well, completely left out by, by, by Atwell for that, really. Any uh, thoughts on the two players who made their debuts, Ashley Young and Arnaud Danjuma? Uh, Ashley Young, to me, looked like a player who played for Everton for three or four years. He seamlessly fitted in, um, looked really, really promising. Um, a young up-and-comer. Um, sure we'll be talking about, <laughs> talking about him for seasons to come uh, once his testimony rolls around. But um, he, he looked really good. And I think I think the ability to cut in on his right right hand side as well seemed to offer us something a little different at times, another, another out ball as well. So that was really encouraging. Um, Dan Juma, we obviously didn't see as much of and looked a little rusty, but also showed, showed promise. And again, as we discussed earlier, I think a more sort of fluid front line in the future, it bodes really well. Um, and certainly having him, or as I'm sure we're going to discuss the likes of Harrison to come off the bench, we we start to look at much stronger side in that area. Um, we have options, but, um, but yeah, Young in particular, I think was um, one, one, one of our better players at the time. Yeah, I thought, I thought Ashley Young, Best compliment, as you said, it's similar to what you said, Adam. The best compliment you can kind of make is like it looked like he'd been there forever. It's just like it was just really, you know, not that spectacular, just just consistent in, in, in kind of everything he did. Uh, did. He, was, he, he was good. Um, Dan Juma, kind of, well, not funny, but it was, um, he, he came on and he closed down the defender pretty well. Yeah, you know, like, and we thought, oh, go on, yeah, you know, and, you know, here we go. And then, um, and then they scored. It was um, I don't know what what happened. I, I haven't I haven't seen it back um, uh, since, but it felt like just like within like a second of Danjou came on coming on, um, Fulham had scored, and I don't know whether the team or um, uh, Patterson or whoever got a bit distracted and uh, lost focus on what they were doing with the substitution or what. I, I've got no idea. What seems to happen immediately after Danjou scored, and then he missed that. He got flagged offside. I don't again. I haven't seen it back. I don't know if it was offside or not, but. Um, that was a pretty poor finish, wasn't it? Later in the game, and he was passed to on goal and shifted it wide. That was pretty poor. So a bit hit and miss, really, Dan Juma there. But getting back to fitness, so he, he, from what I've seen of him, he, he is a good player. So I'm, I'm not sure him on that game. And I think the more he plays, the we'll get we'll get quite a lot out of him. So um, no real concerns there. But um, Ashley Young, yeah, pretty good. I, I'd not really put together the fact that that, that Fulham scored almost immediately as Dan Juma. Came on, and we probably were distracted by the fact that we'd actually signed an attacking player. Uh, like <laughs> just in utter disbelief that some business had been done. But uh, yeah, I just say it was it, it was so deflating. Literally, that you made that sub. I mean, nobody went off. Everyone like really sort of pepped up. Go on, go on. This you know this this is going to be it now. And then for a second, it was just like you know, like literally like the. Metaphoric blue and go, and you just kind of have that feeling straight away that we weren't going to score again. And the way, and I think we did, we lost our way a bit, I'd say, to be honest. And, and after they scored, didn't really look like scoring. After a certain point, it got a lot bit desperate for a while. But um, yeah, it was just uh, yeah, frustrating. I did, it just didn't feel like we were going to score somehow straight away from that. It was a weird feeling. But, uh, yeah, you can't get distracted with these things, I guess. It's very Everton, isn't it? You know, they make a huge, huge point of uh, 
what we you know what he can bring to the team and the forward player. And you know, if you noticed on the social media, it was like all oh, Danjuma's coming on everybody, and then from the restart they score, um, which is you know very typical, unfortunately. But you know you can see bits in there already, can't you? You can see bits in there that he's a good player. You just um, which is what goes back to the first point, really. If he's not quite right. There's 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 a there's a toss up here, isn't there? In that he Sean Dyche said afterwards we're about um, rearranging a, a, a closed a behind closed doors game for this week. In that you know these these lads need football, um, but ultimately, would you would you, would you just throw them in a bit? You know what did Dan Juma get? Nineteen minutes, um, mm. eighteen minutes, something like that. Um, it must be a must be a, a constant toss up in his head in terms of well, how much football can I give him? Because if he wants him to have a game in the week, well, it's only three days on from a Saturday match. So what's the real difference? Um, I don't know. Seems it seems incredibly um, detailed the uh, return to fitness plans for these players, but yeah it seems to very much be a deitch way of doing it you know i've heard the term say that there's match fitness and there's deitch match fitness you know he seems to have a, a sort of a different standard um i think he didn't play in the sporting game because he had a bit of a knock so maybe that came into it but but even if he hadn't it it wouldn't have surprised me for him to start on the bench because he just seems to be quite a um you know conservative pragmatic manager um Perhaps to a fault. I, I think I mentioned in my match report that, that I would have liked to have seen perhaps Tom Cannon thrown up up front rather than, than Lewis Dobbin, who came on as a sort of wide player. You know, you're chasing the game at that point. don't really have much to lose. I, I, you know, and I think we've seen, yes, okay, it's in the championship or it's for the for Ireland's under-21s. I mean, we've seen Tom Cannon sort of be, be a, you know, an effective player going through particularly one-on-one in that kind of situation and maybe, you know, the similar kind of situations that, that we'd missed earlier in the game. Clearly we weren't, you know, making those those chances at, towards the end of the second half. But, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm hoping as the sort of things develop and he gets the right players in place that uh, that he shows a bit more of a... Um, a bit more of an adventurous side to him, Sean Deitch, but I, <laughs> somehow I think he's he's kind of uh, he has a he has a mold that that that, that he's sort of stuck in, and then I guess we'll have to uh, to to sort of work around that as 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 fans. <laughs> Which is fine if we get three weeks down the line, four weeks down the line, four months down the line, and right. these players are obviously things can happen, but you know, with with our side of things has been done properly and it's fine if it works isn't it um yeah you know if um if it well if it doesn't it doesn't but i mean it's just it's um it's frustrating in a way but yes we'll let him do it because he's he's approaching especially dominic calvert lewin he's approaching it differently than anybody ever has so if he gets it right then the guy's a genius oh yeah 100 percent uh, the good news is that Everton have at least added another player to the squad, an attacking one at that, and given the fact that he's been uh, given his shirt number, um, it looks like he's been identified as Damari Gray's replacement. Uh, it's interesting, uh, given that things have gone very quiet in terms of speculation around Gray leaving, um, and Fulham signing Adama Traore might have closed the door there. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, in terms of um, Jack Harrison, Adam, uh, what are your thoughts? He's a player, actually, I've always liked. And I think he could be a, a really good addition. But what do you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Um, 
I spoke to a friend of mine earlier, actually, who's a lead season ticket holder, and he was, uh, he was, uh, yeah, not exactly waxing lyrical, but certainly speaking very mm-hmm. highly of um, of Harrison. Um, he he's productive, works hard, um, chips in with goals. He, he was very heavily linked with Leicester, wasn't he, last year um, mm. before their relegation? Um, and yeah, it's it's certainly a signing I, I didn't see coming. I, I was um, I was I was working on Sunday, so I kind of missed the sort of Twitter excitement, then complete meltdown, and then excitement again. Um, <laughs> there's various in the nose um, went exactly in the now. Uh, lots of here we go for Aston Villa at one point, um, but um, yeah, that was, that was interesting to see. But yeah, a, a very and way of signing someone kind of within a day um it's all been conducted in quite an odd way because as you mentioned Damari Gray's shirt number's kind of been revoked under our eyes um there's been no kind of big reveal yet which again suggests it's been done at some pace um but um reverting to type he's obviously injured so it is quite an evident signing um so we're not going to see him for a couple of weeks but um but yeah hopefully hopefully when we do he he gives us an option because, again, and we've all touched on this to some degree, on Saturday we were chasing a game at one point and the options that we had uh, to throw on weren't exactly the ones that you would expect of a Premier League side. Um, I, I would like to see people like Lewis Dobbin as the season goes on, if he's to stay around the first team, to get minutes, absolutely. Um, Tom Cannon still looks as though he's kind of a placeholder until mm-hmm. someone more senior comes in and then he'll uh, make some, some sort of loan move. But um, yeah, obviously I want to see them get minutes, but having someone like Jack Harrison either starting the game or on the bench, particularly when injuries bite, um, they, they've already bitten to some extent with McNeil out and Dan Juma not fully fit. Um, so having Harrison there as well makes a lot of sense. So yeah, um Quite, quite confident about his career, and and it's it's sensible business again, isn't it? It's no fee. Um, I wouldn't imagine he's on huge wages, um, and I don't know if there's a bit of a MLS connection with Thelwell because obviously he worked over there and Harrison played in the mm-hmm. states for a while as well. So you get the feeling that he's maybe someone who's who's been pinpointed for a while. So um, yeah, all in all, a good deal, I think. Yeah, I think pretty good. Um, well, I've seen him; he's he's a pretty decent player. Um, Again, loan option. I think I think Dyche, it, it sort of suits Dice to a T, that sort of player, doesn't it? Hard work and productive. Yeah, just yeah, get a capable capable scoring a few goals. Um, yeah, it'd be a good addition. It's typical Everton, as you say, that he's um, that he's injured as he arrives. But yeah. Um, I think Everton about to sort of I think that wheeling and dealing relatively well. I, uh, I think of what they have done. We need we need more. Um, we know Dan Juma on loan, uh, him on loan. Yeah, Ashley Young, I think, it will, will will prove decent over the season. Um, to each we, um, I think it wasn't much of a wasn't much of a was initial payment. I don't think it's all in installments, isn't it? Or something like so. Four million euros. I mean, so I think, I think doing a pretty good job of wheeling and dealing for want of a better term. I mean, if you if you look at Jack Harrison's uh, three Premier League seasons with Leeds, he's played in all competitions, 37, 38 and 40 games. Mm-hmm. So there you have a big tick for the Sean Dyche 
match match fit. He scored eight, ten, and six goals. Six goals being in a team that got relegated. Um, seems well. I know he's injured, but he seems quite hardy. He seems quite you know involved in all the games that he had available to him. Um, and there's an output there. Um, so yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. If in fact, if if I was to if I was to think of somebody that was in our in our kind of price range or or, or gettable range of where we are in the food chain at the moment, um, he he'd be he'd be at the top, I would say, of that list, be just because of what he what he offers and the experience he has. He's twenty six, good age. Um, will still feel like a bit like Dan Juma in that he's now got to try and prove himself again, which is always a positive thing um, for the club. So yeah, really happy with that. And like you say, it was done so quickly. There must be something going on here because um, there was um, there was very little, um, well, hitch really, even with Villa apparently involved. So I wonder whether the uh, the injury was a bit much for Villa. They wanted him now, or I don't know. But um, again, just move on, take him and move on. He, he looks good, so I'm I'm really pleased with that one. That does that does seem to have been the case that they wanted someone who could go straight into their team. I guess Wendy's injured, and it looks like they're signing this um, this lad from from Italy on loan instead. Um, but yeah, it's amazing what a bit of a competition will will light a fire under the backside of the uh, <laughs> the Everton recruitment and negotiating team, isn't it? Because it was um, it really was quite a rapidly. Uh, rapidly put together transfer. I wish they were all like that because, you know, as we've we've come to come to see, they just tend to drag on forever. <laughs> I've seen plenty of people bemoaning the fact that uh, Jack Harrison's injured um, and won't be available for the next, you know, few weeks, I suppose. But uh, you know, I would rather that we get a target through the door, someone who can help us over the course of the season uh, than, you know, sort of worry about the fact that he's going to be injured for the first few games. I think it's much important to have players in the squad Again, over the uh, the lifetime of of the season. Although we we supposedly signed a a young lad from Chelsea as well, who's in the uh, under twenty one tonight as well, or at least on trial. Yes, so. he's uh, yes, we've signed trial forms at Chelsea. I think he played twenty minutes tonight. Uh, I think he's out of contract with them and and sort of looking for somewhere else to to play. And we're kind of the first team to take him on trial. So yeah, he looks um, he looks he looks like a prospect. Toffeeweb.com is the longest-running Everton website with an archive of more than 35,000 articles. This is the Toffee Web Podcast. So, Villa away next. Uh, I don't think many Blues will be looking at their result in Newcastle and thinking things will be uh, any easier. And I think we feared Villa Park will be on Sunday. I think, if anything, um, as we've said earlier in the show, it might galvanise them into response uh, Paul, how are you feeling about this one based on the uh, the small sample evidence, of course, that we've got from both teams from the opening day? Yeah, as you kind of allude to, um, it's got, it, 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 I, with a bit of dread, quite quite honestly, I, I don't see an awful lot positive in that. But just thinking then, after the, after the drubbing they had at um, St. James' Park, if we can get an early goal, um, that might that might get the, the, you know, the locals a bit restless there, I suppose, if we can... Mm-hmm. Um, we can strike early there. 
um, and then frustrate. Might be a way in, but um, yeah, I mean, given our record, I suppose I always look at like record, like negative records like that, and think, well, that's got to end soon. You know what I mean? So I suppose you know, if you look at it positively, we got to beat Villa. We used to do okay at Villa for a little while, didn't we? Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, might yeah might end sooner or later, I suppose. But um, yeah, you got to kind of look at it like it feels unlikely that we'd be able to um, be able to navigate a, a win there. But um, yeah. You can score early, then who knows? So, um, so yeah, cautiously negative, I suppose, over that one. <laughs> that's that's the name of the episode, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> let's make a little let's make a little mental tick when someone says it. <laughs> um, um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's it's very evident to look at that Villa result with fear as opposed to oh, great. We're playing them at just the right time, um, but yeah, Villa Villa do scare me a bit. They uh, they've been tipped by a lot of people to be dark horses this year, and I think they've they've got a great manager. They've got a really strong squad, albeit with that injury you mentioned before to Buendia, Lindon. But um, I think if we if we show any of the kind of chance creation and the sort of pretty solid display, um, we, we've not really spoken about the midfield, which. I thought Anana um, was really impressive on Saturday, um, and I feel like he he looked to me as though he'd stepped up a little gear. He still looks like he's got a lot more gears to work through, but um, I thought he looked really composed. Played some great crossfield balls um, on Saturday, um, and if a going rate for central midfielders is what it is, and I, when I hear the sixty million figure bandied around, I feel like that. That might look like a snip um, in today's market, but um, I think if if we stay tight in the middle with um, Ghana, Onana, um, Decore, and Co, I, I feel like we can cause some problems. It uh, much will depend on who is available to start, um, and the the key one again, not to beat this dead horse, but it will be who starts up front. So. Um, if we can get that side of the game right, I, th- I think we'll cause some problems. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll echo your cautiously negative, but maybe just a, t- a, t- a tinge more more positive, uh, Paul. But yeah, I, 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 I could see us getting a draw, and that I, I, that would do nicely. It's just a shame that we haven't and probably won't have a similar side to what we played against Brighton away from home with I'm thinking about McNeil being in it particularly and Calvert Lewin yeah. being in it. Because if you look at the look at the Villa highlights, my word, they were playing offside in the in the opposition's half. They were so high. And you think if they play like that again, which I don't know whether they will, I, I don't know whether they'll go back a little bit now, but you know the 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 way to get at them was with pace, and we. If you look around our starting eleven on on Saturday, it it wasn't blessed with great pace really in any department. Um, well, certainly not going forward. Um, so yeah, you you think it's a shame really that that we we haven't got certain players available that could really hurt them if if they play anything like that. But I don't know. I, I've got a. I don't know. I've got a, a sneaky feeling that we might get something there, um, but I think Paul's right. I think it will involve us scoring first. I think we, I think that will be our story of the season. If I'm completely honest, I, th- I think you know Saturday's a completely different game if we score first, isn't it? 
um, where we, if we score at all. But, you know, if we score first, especially. And I think if we go away from home, I, I'm I'm relatively confident of us defending a lead. It's just getting there. Um, so that might be another one. I was I was on holiday this time. Well, no, I was on holiday for the Villa away game, second game of the season last year. Um, and I go away on holiday tomorrow. Um, and I, isn't it amazing how you kind of put memories with Everton games? Like I always think of oh, that hol- <laughs> yeah. I lo- a lovely holiday. <laughs> oh yeah, but we lost to Villa two one. <laughs> so and I, I, you know, that's not something you could ever put in a in a photo album. But it's 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 a it's a connection you make. Um, and I hope I haven't got to make that connection again because I'm really looking forward to my holiday. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah, I think it feels like the the end of the last, the second half of last season was very much about our chances hinged on whether we'd score first. And I, I agree, I think we're very much back in that situation. And the Brighton away game is is where my mind goes to thinking about the Villa game, based on how impressive we think they are, but also as as you know as as we've mentioned, the fact that they played such a high line, maybe there are there's an opportunity there for us. Perhaps if. Um, Let's assume that Calvert Lewin maybe makes the bench this time and doesn't start, but maybe Dan Juma, you know, maybe he opts for Dan Juma up front as opposed to Mope. Then perhaps you've got someone who can really sort of you know take take advantage uh, uh, take take advantage of that situation. So um, yeah, I think I've it's it's still early enough in the season. I think that I that I can see us going there and and have a bit of optimism that we can maybe pull something out of the bag, but. Uh, you know, we, I think we're certainly due, due a result there. I think since they came back up, we haven't won there. And we, as, as you say, we used to have a decent record there. So um, obviously they're going to be without um, Tyrone Mings, who unfortunately looks as though, I mean, it looked to me as though he'd done his ACL. I don't think they've confirmed that particular diagnosis, but they've said he suffered some serious damage to his knee. Um, but then, you know, then they can bring on Pau Torres, who, looked, who looks very classy. But he's going to need to take some time to, to adapt. But... Uh, yeah, they've got um, you know they've got threats all over the pitch. So and and as we say, you know, you know, Emery is a very good manager. But uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's going it's going to be a bit good early benchmark to see where we are against some of these uh, supposedly uh, better teams. One thing, Aston Villa, since um, since going up, I've echoed against them has been absolutely terrible. I I, I don't have it to hand, but um, if you look like home and away, I've echoed against them has been absolutely appalling since he got promoted again. But I would say a lot of them games, Villa haven't really deserved to win a lot of them. You know, like, they, 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 they've come to Goodison a couple of times and sneaked, sneaked up last season was one. And they got that penalty um, from just a gay foul. And there's nothing in that one the season before when Ferguson in charge and got quite a lot of goal just on half-time. And we missed quite a few chances. Other ones um, away last season, they definitely deserved to win that game. I, yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of, like, very, very, very tight games which they've, which they've sneaked. Um, so maybe, just maybe, law of averages. So it's our turn to sneak on against them. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't. I've just looked. We haven't beaten them since they came back up. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's we, one draw or two draws, maybe. And then the year, <laughs> the year they went down, um, we did a double over them, four uh, nil at home, three one away. Um, mm. And uh, Idrissa Gay was in their starting lineup. Oh yeah, yeah. indeed he was. Mm. <laughs> I think uh, Umar Nias debuted. Uh, I think 
I remember watching him like came on for like ten minutes at Villa Park. I think I could be wrong, but it certainly was like not long after the time. I remember that like, even watching the ten minutes, like oof, how much did he cost? You know? Ooh, he's, gonna, he, he's, gonna, he's gonna go far. Uh, Thirteen yeah. and a half million quid is what yeah. he cost. Oof, which at yeah, the time yeah, was a, right. was a big at the time was a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never seen him for like he came on like, with three up, maybe three one up, the game was kinda of done. I remember being at Villa Park and remember, came on and I don't know if it was debut or if he, I don't know, he hadn't been along. I was like, okay, have a good look on here. Well, gee whiz, just, just, I hope that's just like one of them, oh, I'll give him time to bet in. But that's good. Sometimes you look at a player straight off, don't you? And think, oof, not sure about him. Yeah, I was, uh, I was right that time. We haven't done a question, have we? We haven't got a question, no. I, I tried, sort of, almost thought about pitching a Villa related one. Well, no, I haven't really got a question as such. I've got, I've got something that I've been doing since Saturday that's among the most geeky things I've ever done as an Everton fan. <laughs> um, and um, I'd I like, I, I, I mean, just talking about it is, is sharing, isn't it? So it's, it's, it makes me feel better in my head. Um, I thought to myself, okay, ha- after Saturday, after the, all the disappointment, I thought, okay, how can I, how can I put this energy into something positive? I thought, okay, how are we going to get the 40 points? Where, where are the 40 points coming from this season, right? So I've even got this, I've even got this printed. Um, I've, separated, <laughs> I've separated the Premier League into three leagues, right? So you've got your top teams, top seven. Yeah. You've got a middle group, which are the ones that are kind of from Brighton to about Palace-ish, you know, that group. And then you've got us and six more at the bottom, and I've kind of—I'm actually going to have to show you. And I've—I've uh, I've done a kind of grid where I've got wins and draws. So I estimate we need against the top seven, we need one win and two draws out of all of those games. Fourteen matches, one win and two draws. Right. The middle group, four wins and three draws. Sounds reasonable, you know. Mm-hmm. From the likes of, well, I know we've lost to Fulham, but you know. And then the, the, the bottom league, like the, you know, the likes of Burnley and Luton and Sheffield United and Forest, Bournemouth, Wolves, I've got us needing 20 points, which would be five wins and five draws. And I'm going to tick them off as they well. come in. <laughs> now, there it is. You can see I've, I've, I've colour-coded the top league there in red because they're bad. And yeah, yeah. The, middle, <laughs> the middle league's kind of like a bit of an amber league. <laughs> and there you have the Green League at the bottom. So, you know, your middle league, Brighton, Villa, Brentford, Fulham, Palace, West Ham. And I'm, I'm just going to tick off when we get those wins. And that's my way of making sure we get to 40 points. Okay. <laughs> I'm, not sure like what you, what, I'm not sure what question you get out of that or indeed any answers out of that. But <laughs> that, that took about 15 minutes of my life. <laughs> Well worth it, though, I'm sure. <laughs> well, not yet, because I haven't crossed anything off. Um... <laughs> well, you can probably put a big, 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 big red X next to the failure to beat Fulham, which oh, I yeah. hope we don't go back to, to ruin, but we'll see. But, but when you break it down like that, all we've got to do this year is finish halfway up a mini-league, which we think is going to include Burnley, Luton, Sheffield United, Forest, Bournemouth and Wolves. If we finish halfway up that mini-league, we will stay up. Yeah. And that's very, very doable. Surely. 
if your grid says so, then yeah. <laughs> send it on as a PDF and uh, we'll, we'll sell it for yeah, well, yeah. four ninety nine. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, I, I suppose to develop this, I could ask you, well, what's the most geeky thing you've ever done as an Everton fan? Well, when I had, um, when I was in, uh, from like I think nineteen ninety three, right through till, I think I probably stopped doing it about two thousand and five. I don't know, I just grew up a little bit. I don't know, but I um, remember my. Um, my flatmate came across some like chart, but it was over like several pages of A3, which cut, um, which, which, which filled out every single result Everton, Everton had, including cups and all the goal scorers. This big chart, which became some massive big thing, which ended up salad taping together, but like kept it all folded away and didn't know anybody to know about <laughs> in university. And my flatmate found it, uh, a housemate flat found it and obviously took the piss out of me for it. He's a big Geordie fella. And uh, one time I nipped at the shop, and he showed it to my girlfriend at the time while I was out. <laughs> oh no! And she came in. Um, Gaddy, show me your chart. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, uh, former girlfriend, yeah. Uh, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gone within the hour. I never saw her ever again. Yeah. <laughs> You top that, Adam? Uh, I'm, I'm racking my brains, but beyond um, beyond this conversation, I'm, I'm struggling I was to think. Say, yeah. as, as, as <laughs> uh, I will I will get back to you, but there'll there'll be something somewhere. But um, I'm I'm sure if, if Andy sends me that chart and uh, my missus sees it, that will that will probably provoke lots of <laughs> weekly questions. So. <laughs> What, you, why, why are you obsessed with this traffic light? Why do you keep talking about the Amber League? Um, <laughs> There's some sort of rabbit hole you've fallen down. But um, no, I'll, 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 I'll come back to you because it's important to, to share and be transparent. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some dark uh, Everton secret in my past. How about you, Lynn? <laughs> uh, well, well, for, for me, and uh, in the uh, mid '90s when I uh, started to learn how to um, to build websites, I, uh, I built this page of a the league table and all the fixtures. Um, and, and put up a, an Everton website, and uh, I think <laughs> you can see where I'm going with this. Uh, Twenty, what is it? Twenty-seven years later, I'm still doing that geeky endeavor, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, quite a lot bigger than it was back then. <laughs> well, if my chart is still going in twenty-seven years. <laughs> yeah. um, it was. It's obviously been a huge hit, you know. Yeah. As, yeah, as long as it's charting a Premier League mini league. Well, this fine. is it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. for those listening on the pod who haven't got the benefit of seeing it, I have actually printed off the Everton badge to go in yeah. the chart. So, it's, it's, you know, it's it's, a, it's quite professional. You know, it's not just something I've thrown together. <laughs> you are a man after my own heart, Andy Howard. <laughs> you, you would have you would have got more points if it was like hand drawn on Microsoft Paint. <laughs> oh, all right, fellas. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> we'll be back uh, next week uh, to go over uh, the events at Villa Park. Uh, until then, Blues. Thanks always uh, for listening, and come on, the Blues.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.